0: Lifetime, the official athletic country club of the Minnesota Vikings, has something for every member of your family. Get your family going today at lifetime.life slash kids. this team has that characteristic because I think it shows not just in how they hang on in the game, but also when there's a facet of the game that's not showing up, the other one steps up.
1: That was such a huge play in my opinion. The fact that your quarterback who's known for throwing the ball pulls it down and takes a hit, that gives everyone else on this offense a little bit of juice that, hey, okay, he's doing it, we gotta get it done
0: it's bye 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 week i had to honestly get in my in sync reference right there gabe it's your five and one vikings have the week off now following that 24 to 16 victory over the miami dolphins this is the first four game win streak for minnesota since 2019 wow their first win in miami since 1976 and now the vikes are topped the nfc north by two games and a head-to-head tiebreaker that just sounds like a bunch of good news.
1: Yeah, for fans who don't understand everything that you just said, <laughs> this is a good season for the Vikings. Yeah, so far so good. And um, I, I just, you know, just being down there and understanding, you know, 1976 was the first time, like you could kind of feel that energy of like, all right, we got to get a win down here. It's like very uncomfortable. And uh, players really bought into the mindset of like, okay, it's not who we play, it's when we play them. And uh, that ultimately re- ultimately resulted in a win and I would personally say that this win felt kind of convincing instead of like a heartbreak. If you were there, it didn't feel like you were sitting on pins and needles. So it, it was good to, to get a win and actually feel good about it.
0: I'm glad you felt that way. I still haven't felt that complete sense of like satisfaction. Yeah. I guess you can say during a game, um, I was at a wedding this weekend and got to watch bits and pieces as we tried to get to the airport and I just felt like kind of deflated at times, which at the end of the day, we always, we've been saying this for weeks, a win's a win. That's amazing. That if you are still trying to improve and you're winning at the same time, that's a good thing. So, um, I I mean, you were there, so like you kind of knew the energy I saw. Uh, I think Pete Bursich actually tweeted out a photo at the end of, or towards the end of the game of like the Viking sideline versus the dolphin sideline. And it was like, packed with purple and gold and like nobody left on the miami side
1: uh speaking of the word deflated you used the word deflated earlier i thought you were going to say you were deflated because of the wedding not the game
0: oh <laughs> <laughs> i mean i think that's why my voice is a little scruffy but uh you know it's it's part it's part of the journey
1: i was deflated from the sun being out there and oh
0: come on you can't complain about the sun after today's weather
1: that is true but like if it's 115 <laughs> degrees on the sideline and the sun is like right in your face. You feel deflated. You feel dehydrated. There's a a lot of other words I can use, but I think leaving that game, you felt rejuvenated. Oh, okay. You felt rejuvenated yeah. leaving that game, and um, the the vibe was great. Uh, Miami doesn't really have a strong fan base, so we knew going into this game that Vikings fans would travel really well. It, it felt like the uh, L.A. Chargers game last year, where um, it's not really a big market for football. So this is just another vacation, And uh, it was probably, in my opinion, it was probably 50-50 or 60-40, probably Vikings fans there, you know, from the Skull Champ before the pregame kickoff to uh, the crowd cheering when we scored that last touchdown when Dalvin went for 53. uh, There was was a lot of of energy surrounding that game, and there was just a a unique energy. There was just a unique energy just being there because people knew that it was going to be a different type of element. Uh, Kevin O'Connell earlier this week, and this didn't get out to a lot of people, but Kevin O'Connell made the players practice in sweatpants all week in the indoor facility, and he pumped the heat up in there. So those guys were uncomfortable. The Vikings players were uncomfortable all week, and they were just preparing for that humidity being down there. So uh, the Miami Dolphins had a couple of players cramp up. The Vikings had zero players. So kudos to everybody involved on this trip.
0: It all goes back to that staff and how they prepare for the elements and and every factor when it comes to – Safety, health, and just making sure everyone's body is right. It seems like it's really been paying off. You see that in London, and you see that now, as you mentioned, in the elements of Miami. But speaking of that crowd that you were talking about, I have a feeling that approximately 30% of the 60% of the Vikings fans were from Dalvin Cook's family. <laughs> now I'm teasing. Uh but he, he had a though. nice <laughs> he had a nice homecoming. And that brings us to our 3M play of the week from the field to the roof and everywhere in between. 3M, the official science partner of the Minnesota Vikings is here. Visit Vikings.com backslash skull science to learn more. And as we said, this week's play comes to us from Mr. Miami himself, Dalvin Cook with his longest run of the season, just when the Vikings needed him the most.
1: Offset eye left, second and four from the Vikings, 47, Minnesota lead, 16, 10, with 3.26 to go in the game. Hand off Dalvin, Miami native with some room left side. He cuts to the right. Minnesota Vikings to a 22-10 lead.
0: And that is your 3M Play of the Week. 3M, the official science partner of the Minnesota Vikings. Gabe, it was great to see that Jalen Rager's 17-yard longest run record so far this season, shattered in a big way.
1: (laughs) We needed that, and we needed it like we needed water to to drink or air to breathe, because it was definitely a breath of fresh air for Vikings fans seeing our running game finally get established, especially I think we had eight of our first ten drives go three and out. So when Dalvin had that big run, it was like, finally. And Dalvin, you can feel his energy on the sideline. He wanted to have a big game for his fans, for his family. Um, So I wouldn't say he was, like, down, but he wasn't the Dalvin that we were used to seeing that was very energetic. So for him to get that touchdown and everybody on the sideline to celebrate – Uh, it was much needed for our offense and I think it's a confidence boost Mm -hmm. uh, going forward um, for this offensive line understanding that hey this Miami Dolphins offensive defensive line with a top 10 run defense in the NFL and you can bust a big play like that. So uh, kudos to all those guys that were involved, and I'm happy for Dalvin, especially after we talked to him on the Audible this yeah. week to actually have a big game.
0: You really couldn't have written it any better, and you really can't write a better record right now than 5-1 and one, considering how this Vikings team has navigated this season so far. As we head into the bye week, I would like to bring back the one thing you liked about this game and the one thing you think this team needs to improve on. So let's start with the one thing you liked in this Dolphins win?
1: Um, I tweeted this yesterday, and uh, just the grit, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, the Vikings are a gritty team. And I posted it on Twitter, as like G-R-I-T-T-Y. Of course, Because I knew yes. people would just be like, no, it's gritty. But it was a play on words, and the fact that this Vikings team did not give up after having uh, four straight three and outs to start the game, and they just kept pounding back. I mean, the Miami Dolphins kind of shot themselves in the foot a couple of times with penalties, but our defense didn't break. And uh, the fact that, you know, our defense was able to to do things like that, and this offense was able to be resilient. Uh, that was the one big thing that I liked on Sunday.
0: It's funny you say that this team has that characteristic because I think it shows not just in how they hang on in the game and how they're able to you know pull off these last quarter victories, but also when there's a facet of the game that's not showing up, the other one steps up. Yeah, you know, special teams had a little slow day last week. Defense picked it up this week offense has shined at some moments and so yes they haven't put it all together but it is nice to see that when one is out the other two step up or vice versa
1: I mean think about our offense was struggling earlier in the game and I think the big momentum boost that our, our team needed was that Ryan Wright 73 yards yes front. and I mean you're you're backed up to your seven yard line like nothing's going right and then boom the field switch uh that's that's the recipe for a good team and the fact that the Vikings are picking each other up in those moments, it may not be like when the fans want it, but it's like in key moments. I think that's key because when the fans want them to pick each other up later in the year, I think it's going to happen. And you can just, I guess, mesh it all together.
0: Yeah. The one thing that I like has to do with key moments for me was the momentum changing defensive plays of of this contest. Uh, two interceptions, a forced fumble, six sacks, eight pass breakups. I mean, the defense just really got after the quarterback. Um, They were four and 14 on third down the Dolphins. I mean, that's the kind of stats that even though even though it's funny, you look at the stats and maybe you've been like, hmm, this wasn't this doesn't look like this team should have won. It was the defense being able to stop in big moments. You know, they allowed a lot of yards, but they didn't let them score.
1: That's their great point. Like big moments when we needed the defense to make a stop. They did. Um, a lot of those plays that the Dolphins had on offense were yards after catch in the fourth quarter. Like Tyreek Hill had a 40-yarder. Jalen Waddle had a 49-yarder. Like you're playing prevent defense. So you're just trying to keep those guys in front of you. So they're going to give a big plays. But in the red zone, being two of three on defense in the red zone, that's when it really matters. And I was, I was excited to see um, us come up with some big plays. And uh, for for the nerds out there, when you see those six sacks, you can you can easily say, Okay, well the Vikings finally blitz. Like we blitz. But we actually didn't blitz much yesterday. Our our four man rush got to the quarterback and that, that really goes to uh you gotta really tip your cat to Mike Smith and Ed Donato for I guess trusting the guys up front to be able to get to the quarterback and then let your DBs do what they do on the back end.
0: A six sack game certainly helps their defensive stats performance, but they are ranked sixth in the lead in sacks. And I know that we've complained and a lot of people have complained about the run game and the points allowed and stuff, but they are getting pressures. They are getting back there. And I think those are the differences when you're looking at one score games that the Vikings are continuing to kind of pull through in the end of the day.
1: I think what Z'Darrius Smith right now is top five in the league in sacks.
0: He's tied for second or
1: something yeah Yeah. it's crazy but the games that he doesn't get sacks he's second in the league in pressure so like it may not show on the pro reference stat sheet (laughs) or nfl.com stat sheet but those plays are meaningful and I know this is a little bit off topic but I think it goes hand in hand with what our secondary has been able to do like in my opinion I think Patrick Peterson played his best game as a Viking yesterday
0: hands down hands down
1: he was all over the field he was I mean pass I mean he was literally jumping routes because he knew what Teddy was going to do
0: oh, and he was about he was that one route he oh, was he just right there six. he was so upset should have had a pick uh, six yeah but, but hey he continued his streak of an interception per season which was great now he's tied with Harrison Smith at 30 career interceptions
1: Harrison has 31 now
0: because he had You were right. You were totally right. My bad. No, you're good. You're good. I saw this, that Zedarius recorded 11 total pressures against the Dolphins. That's crazy. Second most of any player in a single game this year. He has 29 total pressures on the year, which is also the second most. So it's pretty crazy.
1: When he's healthy, there's not many outside linebackers or defensive ends better than him. Like he got nicked up that um, Detroit Lions game. Yeah. And he came out and he was questionable against the Saints the following week. And you can tell he was a little bit injured. But the last couple of weeks, when he's healthy, you're just like, okay, this is the Zedarius. We paid, you know, 40 M's to this offseason. And I mean, he's showing up and showing out worth every (laughs) single penny. I mean, he makes everybody else better. So uh, it's been great to see.
0: Okay, so let's take a little bit of a turn here and go with something that you think needs to be improved upon during this bye week.
1: I think one thing that needs improvement is just... To the point that we made earlier of everything clicking at the same time i mean this i sound like a broken record right now but we, we have moments in games where we have have lulls or a, a certain phase of the ball doesn't play as we expect them to and then another team has to pick them up like special teams i, I want to see us click on all cylinders at least for a quarter or at least for a half like everything is working we haven't seen that all year so uh, hopefully we can we can improve on that following the bye week.
0: I like that a lot. I think you know you hear a lot of the critics or experts out there, even the players saying like. Yeah, this is great. Like, good to win, good to do all this. Like, when we get to that point where it happens, it's gonna be great. Yeah. And so I just don't want that to get too far down the line where you're in like week ten and you're still saying
1: that. You well, know, what if we're now eight and one though? I don't know.
0: I don't know. <laughs> right. I
1: mean, it's it doesn't sound Wow, if good. we're eight
0: and one, I think we beat the bills. That is true. Dang. That well, is true. I might you know what? I might buy a little bit more into it <laughs> if you beat the bills. But yeah, I mean, I think if you we've learned anything in the last year over the way that we talked. Vikings. I'm a little bit more of a pessimist when it comes to this kind of stuff. I'm like, this is good. I'm very excited, super happy with everything going on. But, like, for me, it's like, okay, so when is it too long to be talking about? Oh, well, you know,
1: it'll yeah. click one
0: day. You sound
1: like Jay <laughs> Nelson right now. That's Do it, really? Year. You sound like Jay Nelson because Jay is like the most cautious, optimistic Vikings fan. It's like you've been in Minnesota for like 30 years. Wow. Well, it feels like it. No, I'm teasing. <laughs> After last year, last year was like, <laughs> 27 years It
0: that took a couple of years off my life for sure no
1: but you, you definitely want to start clicking on all phases yeah. before it's too late and right now the fact that we are not and we're getting wins I'll take it even though for sure like it's just weird like seeing fans mad at these close games and I'm like where were you last year when we were losing these close games like still mad still mad <laughs> like I'll, I'll take a ugly win over a great loss any day of the week
0: oh oh no definitely and I I think like you're you're setting yourself to be up to be in good positions you just can't crumble you know you've got the buy to improve you've got two teams back to back that aren't the strongest in the league before you face a Bills team in their house I mean that game is going to be ginormous if you are able to pull off the wins against the Cardinals and um the Commanders
1: this Cardinals game I know I don't want to speak too far ahead, but this Cardinals game is going to be big. DeAndre Hopkins first game back. Is it really? Yeah, DeAndre Hopkins first game back. This Cardinals game is going to be uh, a a big game, and I don't want to look too far ahead, but they'll they'll have a longer week to prepare. They'll be because they have they played the Saints on Thursday night, so they'll get a little bit a little bit of a break. They'll have some chemistry with DeAndre Hopkins, who's now back from his six game suspension. So. Uh, we, we really got some work to do before we start looking towards the Bills.
0: Oh, for sure. Yep. No, for sure. Uh, and speaking of, I'll, that'll bring me to my point of what I think needs to be improved on, especially after watching the Miami game. But this has also been kind of a trend all season. I feel like the offense kind of ghosts us there in the first and third quarters, which is kind of just a silly way of saying like 21 points in the first quarter, six points in the third quarter, have not scored a third quarter touchdown. These kind of areas are when you let teams back in, and that's when you have to kind of go, you know, all out in the second and fourth. And I think that searching for that consistency is obviously what will be key, and that's something that they'll work on in the next few days. But um, I think I was listening to Adam Thielen on uh, KFAN this morning, and, you know, he brought up a really interesting point. He said, you know, maybe I shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say this. He said it. So that's why I feel like I can say it. (laughs) He said, um, if you know, if this was... Last season, we would have been working on third quarter situations, leaving the locker room. And now this team is kind of, you know, they, they trust in the process. It's not like they're working on this one tiny aspect of the game. And so I think that that mindset and that knowing that there are things to fix but approaching it in a different way is really like beneficiary for these two players.
1: Yeah, that's a great way to look at it. I feel like the other way to look at it is winning cures everything.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Because <laughs> it's
1: like if you're two and three and you have these same struggles, then this problem is a little bit more heightened. So
0: Okay, that's a good one. Yeah.
1: I do think this is something that this Minnesota Vikings team is definitely going to pay attention to. And I think I said it last week on our podcast, like when you're scored 33-6 to six in the third quarter, that means – you have to do a better job of adjusting, making adjustments, because teams are making adjustments, clearly, just based off of the stats, and uh, we're having a tougher prou- tougher time doing so. So I think this self-scout period that the Vikings or any team does on a bye week is going to be key because um, you don't have to look too far ahead. You're basically just using this week to look back and see what you can get better at.
0: Winning most definitely feels great, and I think that that's what's going to make this next Part of the podcast a little bit more difficult, Gabe, because there's a lot of good things to talk about. And we're going to do a few superlatives, our best of the best so far uh, this season, kind of break it down, you know, the first six weeks. And I think we'll start with the biggest moment so far this season for you.
1: For me, it would be Kirk Cousins getting the six yard third down conversion against the Chicago Bears last week. That was such a huge play, in my opinion because if he doesn't get that, I think we lose that game. The fact that your quarterback, who's known for throwing the ball, pulls it down and takes a hit, that pretty much gives everyone else on this offense a little bit of juice that, hey, okay, if he's doing it, we got to get it done. So I think that's been the biggest moment all year. Uh, ever since uh, Kirk has put on that Christian Derisaw chain, I, I've big seen a Kirk-o. different Big Kirko with his shirt tucked in his pants, <laughs> with the J-Jets chain on. Um, never changed, Kirk, but that was by far my best moment so far.
0: I, I love that because I think I'll kind of piggyback off of what you say because they choose not to take the bye week after London. So the team just gets back from across the pond. They're struggling against the Bears. That was a pivot for me. It's the JJ touchdown against the Saints. I know Greg Joseph's five field goals made a huge big deal there, but getting that first of all, that play was amazing. The fact that the, I think it was the jet sweep where he just walked into the end zone. He's playing his hometown team <laughs> and that game if you lose that in London you go back you have to play a Bears team after you lost after all the travel after all of that everything yeah. that went into the first four weeks of the season it just could have just gone sideways so for me I think that was probably my biggest moment
1: yeah I and mean, he did the gritty internationally also like that's a I mean I feel like his level of superstardom raised that much more after he scored that touchdown so that was a big play. Um, I forgot how we got down there.
0: I can't remember, honestly. I think it was
1: – um that was that was the play. We had a sack fumble, and then we moved the ball down the field, and then Justin Jefferson had the, the three-yard reverse. So that was a big, big moment. Uh, yeah, the
0: Saints had just scored. Okay. And this was the touchdown to take the lead. Okay. So, yeah, it was like the Saints had just scored, and they took their first lead of the game, and then – the Vikings marched it down 10 plays 75 yards to take back the lead and obviously it was a back and forth field goal fest but uh yeah luckily we came out on the right side of things
1: yeah Justin Jefferson I mean you could honestly for all these superlatives I you know. probably can put him as the number one thing because he, he just makes this entire team go but that was a huge moment
0: huge moment okay next one is the most valuable vet so I figured you know someone who's been a little season that you, you think could be the most valuable one for me. Um, I am going to say Harrison Smith. Was that okay. who you were going to say? That's what I was gonna oh say, yeah. dang! I really thought I was like.
1: <laughs> That's, you're good though, because I'm I'm right with you.
0: It's good. No, I, I think that you know he starts. He sets the tone beginning of the season with an Aaron Rodgers interception. He's been key to getting these safeties on board. You see Cam Bynum filling in nicely. You see Josh Metellus in there making big plays, especially when Harry was out. Um, you know, he's such a valuable piece of this defense as someone who's learning it alongside a bunch of newer guys as well. Um, I just think that when you have a guy like that in the locker room, it really is just so valuable.
1: And him teamed up with my most valuable vet, Patrick Peterson. Those two guys makes th- this defense better. Um, yesterday, I had tweeted out a video. Because Harrison, I'll never forget Patrick Peterson, when he became a Viking, he went to Dennis Ryan was like, hey, Dennis, whatever cleats you got, make sure they're all black. Like I only wear black cleats. And so I like went back to his Arizona Cardinal days. And I'm like, oh, wow, this dude wears black cleats every game. Yesterday, him and Harrison Smith come outside of the locker room last with white cleats on. And I was like, oh, shoot, like they're making a statement today. And they did. They both had an interception. They both uh, led this defense to um, a phenomenal win, a phenomenal game yesterday. And I feel like both of those guys uh, just have been so instrumental to this entire team. Um, They they make each other right. I mean, I feel like we always reference the Audible, but when we had them on the Audible earlier this year, um, they were just talking about how they just make each other play better. Like somebody can play for each other. You make somebody else look good. And um, I think that's been – felt throughout this entire team this year
0: can't agree more with that one next one we'll do best new face so this could be rookie or free agent
1: rookie or free agent best new face I would probably say the best new face man Z'Darrius Smith is the easy one
0: he is but he's also very deserving
1: yeah he's very deserving but I'm trying to think what other new faces do we have that have made big? Jordan Hicks he
0: leads the Vikings in tackles yeah
1: I'm I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Zadarius. Um okay. That's very obvious. I mean, we you, you talked about it earlier. Second in NFL in sacks, uh, his energy has been felt. He's a he's an alpha male. He's a dominant personality, and this team needs that. You need somebody that's just gonna come in and just say, okay, this is who I am. Either get with it or get lost. And um, that's been so key for our defense. It's it's the toughness, the grit, is what Zedarius embodies. So just seeing him on. Seeing him in purple, purple instead of green, has been a a, a great sight to see.
0: I I think you ha- I think I could go Jordan Hicks here. I would also say my honorable mention is Ed Ingram. Okay. Um, you know, I know that he may not be having this perfect season by any means, but he's still a rookie and he's plugged into an offensive line that has played together. You know, for some time. I mean, Christian Dariusaw was in there for more than half the season last year and a lot of the other guys have played all together and he filled in a spot that was really uh, needed along the line. And while the run game hasn't been, you know, very strong, I would say that I'd argue to say that he's, he's definitely been a solid choice. You haven't needed a revolving door. They've all stayed healthy. And so for me, I think that'd be my honorable mention, but Jordan Hicks is someone who, I think it's great that we referenced the Audible because you guys should also be listening to that. But uh, he was great on the Audible this week, or excuse me, this season with uh, Eric Kendricks, where he just, again, it's it's a veteran mindset that they all vibe on. It's all the same way that they think and learn and they understand each other's cues. Yep. Uh, the top two tacklers in the NFL last season were Kendricks and Hicks. And Hicks is, while he's not at the top right now, he's the leading tackler for the Vikings. And I mean... Right now, that's, he's, I feel like he's always on the ball. I mean, he got a sack yeah. on Sunday. Actually, you know, and while we're on this topic, I was going to ask you this. Can you guess who the Vikings' second leading tackler is behind Hicks?
1: Second leading tackler. So that, the fact that you asked me that means it cannot be Eric Kendricks. You're right. So I'm going to say Harrison Smith. No. Really? It's Cameron Dansler. Wow.
0: I I thought I'd surprise <laughs> you. Thirty-one total tackles. Wow, really? Yes.
1: Good for him. Good for I him. I mean,
0: I I think if we if we do a pivot, I didn't put this on the sheet, but if we do a pivot, I think he could be a candidate for most improved.
1: Oh, absolutely. He he would him or DJ Wan would easily be my most improved guys. Uh, but yeah, Cam Dancer, like what he's done, mm-hmm. like he, I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't go. And John, go across the ledge and say he's a lockdown corner, but he's working his way towards being that.
0: No, but he's a solid starter, which I think everyone was a little nervous about last season, putting him in when you had to. And so now it's like, you know, you can rely on him in big moments.
1: Huge shout out to Durante Jones. I brought it up earlier this year. Cam Dantzler. Had a breakout rookie season. And then that was with Durante Jones as his coach. And then last year, Durante went to LSU to be the defensive coordinator. And then he came back this year. Cam Dantzler didn't have the greatest sophomore season. And then this year, Cam is... I feel like he picked it right back off that's where he left point. off his rookie that's year. A so good point. yeah, I know that's not a superlative, but man, he has been. I mean, it, it
0: technically is. We just called it audible. Yeah,
1: that's cool. <laughs> that's cool with me.
0: Well, speaking of all of the uh, great defensive plays that we've seen so far, what's the best one for you?
1: Best defensive play is the Aaron Rodgers sack, sack fumble. I think it was Jordan Hicks that got the sack. And Dalvin Tomlinson, who had the fumble recovery. The reason why that play is so big is because we were up 17-0 going into the half, and that was the first first offensive possession coming out of halftime. And Aaron Rodgers is great in the third quarter, so the fact that we you know got a sack fumble against him, and he was pretty much shaking up the entire game, I was like, all right, this this is going to be a good game. So that that that's by far my best defensive play.
0: I'm gonna be honest. I'm going with the Dantzler. Uh, takeaway oh, yeah. at the end of the Bears yeah. game. Uh, you know, that was just so needed at that time. The Bears were starting to go right on down the field and make us all nervous wrecks. And again, I know we touched on the second ago. It's, it's, it was that same, like, got to get this win after the week in London, after this team shouldn't be in this one still. Like, this should be a lot easier than it was for the for the Vikings. And so for Cam Dantzler to be alert and know that Amir Smith-Marset maybe holding the ball like a loaf of bread, then, like, let's just take it away and, and get this thing done. I mean, that, that to me, was the biggest play.
1: Yeah, he took his lunch. He did
0: take his lunch.
1: Um, that was – I don't think I've ever seen a walk-off in that fashion. No, ever. probably not. Like in, in any, like, high school, college, or professional football. So – It was impressive. Crazy play.
0: All right, best touchdown this year. You got a favorite?
1: Probably Dalvin.
0: Yeah, that was a nice
1: one. Like, so many storylines surrounding the game. Like, it – It almost seems fake because, I mean, everybody wanted this to happen. And for the fashion that it happened uh, to seal the game against the Miami Dolphins, he throws the ball in the stands, hopefully to one of his family members, which made up about 30 percent of uh, the entire stadium. (laughs) So that was that was very fun to see. I'm, I'm a huge Dalvin fan, and for him to dominate the Dolphins in the fourth quarter, man, you can't ask for anything better than that.
0: For me, it is cold-blooded KJ Osborne Kane. in the last couple of seconds of the Lions game. Another close call for these Vikings. Uh, you know, it, you can't lose a division game at home. I think that's why the Cam Dansler play is so important. That's why, you know, to be 3-0 in the division, heading into just all of your divisional road games is just you can can't speak volumes as to how important that is and for KJ to come big you know he hasn't flashed a lot this season but he's come up in really big moments he'll get crucial third down conversions he'll be there for a touchdown at the last half or at the end of the game like he was there so for me it's the KJ Osborne uh touchdown I remember being on the field for it and being like absolutely like geeked out about it were you so. eating
1: lunch oh no that was the uh, camp The Cam Dancler. Yeah, I don't want to talk about
0: it. No, I was eating Cheetos. It was the only thing I could eat at the time. And and then Cam Dancer posted it on his Instagram stories. And I was like, he tagged everyone. And I was like, man, he didn't tag me eating Cheetos in the corner.
1: Did he tag Cheetos? No.
0: Sponsor me, Cheetos. Just kidding. (laughs) It's literally the only thing I could find to eat. And I was so hungry.
1: Well, Cameron Dantzler was hungry, too, that game.
0: Oh, he was hungry, yeah. He stole
1: that. Like, if I didn't I have just... the
0: Cheetos in my, i probably gotten more behind-the-scenes footage, <laughs> but I was too busy with my orange fingers.
1: But K.J. Osborne has been, <laughs> I mean, he's been on fire. I mean, he's been like your fingers, yes. orange, on fire, just <laughs> making plays, <laughs> yeah. uh, doing what he needs to do. And uh, his role has somewhat diminished a little bit, but for him to own up to that, for him to block, and for him to just be, I mean, Honestly, he's used as like a, a first and twenty guy that gets you ten yards or blocks on a run play. So when a guy like this gets a, a, a chance to score a game with a touchdown, it's so easy to get behind a guy like that because you, yeah. you know the sacrifice that he's he's put in.
0: And I think the more that this offense gets comfortable with each other, he'll get his due. There'll be a game where he, you know, is the one that will be the reliable go to target because maybe Adam and JJ are getting a lot of uh of of tough windows or or being uh defended really well so i i i think that it'll be there for him very soon um but he always comes up in these moments it feels like i think he had like two of them last year so all right final one of the podcast the most special special teamer
1: the most special special (laughs) what's the definition of special
0: um your most special special teamer like who who is near and dear to your heart near (sighs) we can have the same one if you want
1: honestly i gotta say Chris Boyd.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: Chris is like the ultimate special teamer. Really I, is. I know he's um, <laughs> he's a little extreme, and he celebrates. He, he's going to let you know when he makes a play, but he always makes plays on special teams, whether that's punt return or kickoff. He's forced to fumble this year. Um, he's blocking. I mean, he forced forced a muff punt on on Sunday. So, I, I just love the way he plays. He, he's a guy that you just basically say hey I need you to do this or I need you to run through this wall and he's going to do it that's the type of guy he is and uh, he's been he's been special this year kind of an unsung hero on the, on the special teams unit
0: I think the whole unit's kind of been that way for the most part you know you could pick a handful of guys right now you could say Troy die you could say Greg Joseph you could say a lot of guys right now that could be in that category because this special teams has kind of been a strength. For for the majority of the games, I would say I mean, even
1: Jalen Rager. Yeah, right? like, Jalen Rager. Yep. I don't think Vikings fans have been this confident in a punt returner in years, maybe maybe a decade. So yeah, that's this is this special teams unit has been uh, one of the highlights of of our team so far.
0: My most special special teamer is our punter Ryan Wright. Hopefully I'm not mushing that all together. But Ryan Wright yesterday allowed, there was only two punt return yards. Wow. He kicked six punts inside the 20. No touchbacks. 441 punting yards, which doesn't say great things about the offense, but says great things about how Ryan Wright put the defense in good positions despite the offense sputtering. The Vikings have punted 27 times. So that's the second most in the NFL. Not great, but. They've only allowed 53 return yards wow. this season, which is the fifth fewest. I just think this guy coming in as a rookie, beating out the veteran Jordan Berry, claiming this spot as his own, getting in there. And, I mean, that 73-yard punt yesterday was a thing of beauty. I mean, this kid just – it he changes the game.
1: And you need him to do that, especially when your offense, to your point, is sputtering. You You just need some type of momentum boost to – uh, put your defense in in a good field position, and I think that one of the most important stats out of all those punts, twenty seven punts, he has zero touchbacks. So it's incredible that that tells you everything you need to know. And uh, kudos to Matt Daniels for seeing his potential and using him in a way that he's been able to make plays. I mean, he's got a a couple of passing it was 14 passing yards he yeah, he's the punt. one for one right I mean, now he's one the- for one him and jj <laughs> are, are battling for uh, best uh, best backup quarterback Ray. right now so i, I love ryan right he's he's been phenomenal for our team it's been
0: awesome well gabe this was really fun we actually have to get going because you and i are headed to la today to-, to spend some time over at the nfl network so yeah. we should have some exciting things coming your way on vikings.com uh, with a couple of the experts over at the NFL network. And so that should be a fun thing. Any other bi-week plans you got going on, Gabe? No, no. Get to sleep. I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to
1: find some time to do so. I don't, I don't know what it feels like. Cause like we got back from Miami and I didn't sleep at all. Cause I'm like, we got to get You were too nervous. I was, I was so nervous missing the flight and missing this podcast. I just didn't sleep, so I'm gonna try to sleep on this plane. That's my bi week plan, sleep on a plane.
0: I like that. Sleeping sleeping sounds good. I have another wedding, so you know, just getting <laughs> them all out of the way in the fall. We'll never understand. A fall wedding. I get the weather, but uh, you know, when you work in sports, you're kinda like
1: do your, you do, off, huh? do your friends know what you do for a Do your friends know what you do for a
0: Oh yeah, my, well they're they're my fiance's friends, so yeah, no, my friends know. They also know that if they invited people to a wedding on a Saturday night and LSU's playing, no one's going. So Rare. they're they're well aware of that. But uh, but no, I th- I think this will be a really fun week. This team's gonna sit back and, as you said, self scout and get ready for. The back half of this season, it all kicks off on October 30th at US Bank Stadium when the Vikings face the Cardinals. And don't forget, that's also the Ring of Honor game where the Vikings will be inducting Jared Allen. So it's going to be a big, huge show as we head back into the NFL season. Dive on back in the day before Halloween. Until then, this is the Minnesota Vikings podcast. For Gabe Henderson, I'm Tatum Everett, and we will see you guys, or you'll hear from us next week. Hey, Vikings fans. Number 96, Brian Robinson, is bringing NYC's cheesiest food stand to U.S. Bank Stadium. Visit Mac Truck Mac and Cheese on Minnesota Vikings game days for a new game time snack.